The only real music's going to last. All that other bullshit is here today and going tomorrow. Hello, hello. Uh, welcome to episode five of A Word with Flow. I am so happy you could be here. This episode was meant to come to you from my hometown of Port Harcourt City. But now you are getting it from Toronto, my adopted home. Obviously, it's been a while, so there's so much to catch up on. I know, I know. I'm an asshole. I took way too long to check back in after my summer got out of hand. What happened? Well, my boy got married. I took a trip home and then it all kind of got overwhelming. I've decided to make a few changes to a word with flow. We'll be going bi-weekly with our releases and I guess the overall vibe and feel of the show has evolved too. I wanted to shift my creative approach to the episode as well as to the production cycle, just so my life can actually be livable. I appreciate the patience and the grace that you've all showed me and I can't wait to get back in. Okay, so here's the update. My boy got married. (laughs) This trip basically threw a wrench in my summer plans to do absolutely no traveling. After all, we were in a pandemic. But like I said, my boy was getting married. It wasn't to be missed. The wedding took place in Abuja, Nigeria. I I hadn't been home since like 2018. So I used this opportunity to visit family and friends. In total, I visited four cities. The night I landed in Lagos featured rekindling some Canadian made friendships that I love so, so, so dearly. And then the next day, I was off to the family home based in Port Harcourt. I grew up in a place called And if you see me... Ah, the Garden City. <laughs> I was born in and I spent the first nine years of my life in Port Harcourt City, River State, Nigeria. My parents lived in the city since the 1980s. My dad worked for a massive oil corporation that no longer exists there. And um, that was home for the longest part. Being home was surreal. It was only three days, but but it went by very, very quickly. It's quite challenging to unpack what's going on in a place I call home, but I don't quite know that I completely identify with. I'm still working out those feelings. Regardless, I'm from a place called PH City. For sure, the emotional highlight was jumping back into conversations with people from my childhood. That we were able to find laughter so easily brought a warmth to proceedings that I just can't explain. I call it a highlight, but it did come with some sharp, painful realizations particularly the wide gap between the economic prospects of people the same age and equally as talented as me. This has obviously nothing to do with my personal talents or anything really within their control, but simply the failure of their government to provide adequate resources and opportunities for them. 
in very real terms. I couldn't shake the feeling that the welcoming smiles, the laughter, the hugs, these were all layered on top of a growing sense of hopelessness. I pray this is simply not me projecting my fears onto their realities. From PH City, I headed to Abuja, where my friend was to be wedded. The next part of this journey was basically a movie. I'll spare you the details of a group of late 20-somethings rolling back the years on the Abuja streets. It wasn't, it wasn't pretty. The main events, however, were a thing of divine beauty. We're talking three days of cultural ceremonies with full, vibrant, elegant regalia. These guys had a four-string quartet perform for us. And get this, a fire breather at a wedding. It blew my mind. The bridal train was over 20 women dressed in stunning, stunning outfits day after day. And then there was us, the groomsmen, looking handsome, but up to absolutely no good. All these wedding activities got me reflecting. Plus a series of talks with other married men over the summer had me continuously thinking about the growth making this kind of commitment requires of you as a human. Then it dawned on me how much of that actual growth I had witnessed in the man I was watching do this amazing thing, committing his life to his best friend forever. In the best surprise of the year and truly an incredible honor, he then nominated me to give a speech on his behalf at the reception ceremony. You guys want to know what I said, don't you? Heads up, the audio isn't the best. We had to, I had to recover this from a video that was taken, but I hope you can pick out some of the words. Um, when I think about what love represents to me, it's an ongoing understanding of myself. And I think what you both are walking in today is an ongoing understanding of each other. And what I want to encourage you, as you said, I love that when you were playing the game, there's a cool apologize first, it was always fun too. Because something he has taught me is to be fully committed to the understanding of your partner. And I know that he is fully committed to understanding you. And so for your marriage and for your union, what I pray for is growth a lifetime of education in each other, understanding, and I know that all of this is fertile ground for love. Um, love to me is sacrifice, love to me is acceptance of each other, and love is freedom when you get it right. And I know he's gonna get it right with you. Um, so to Mansu and to Fazima, love forever, love kindly, and love always. <laughs> the, the guy who was feeling the speech there, that's my friend Osaki. Um, but this, this opportunity was, was incredible. It was unexpected. I, um, I had to prepare very quickly and I leaned on simply my experience with, with my friend who all I've seen is him work so hard to learn and find a deeper understanding of his partner. And it's, it's truly an eye opening. Uh, thing to watch someone who's fully committed, you know, do that and to search deeper and to find that strength in themselves. So um, I felt like I could speak to that place, uh, a full commitment to the understanding of your partner. I've been 
a bit cynical about weddings in the past. They can be just parties when really what matters is the actual marriage, at least to me. At this occasion, when I looked around, all I could see was a representation of how committed these two individuals, and by extension, these two families, were to the union. That seemed to me a good hint of where the marriage itself is going. Speaking of marriages, how are we as Canadians feeling about the one we entered into in 2015? Yet another Justin Trudeau apology. Since our dear Prime Minister and his party were elected, it seems that all that early promise and optimism has been replaced with a now mounting pile of apologies. I spent three years apologizing to you. If you need more, I can do that for you. you, you. And if you thought I said one after the other, we are served these dire attempts at recovery from a range of political fuck-ups. I mean, there's a pretty long list, and don't get me wrong, some of these are things he should actually apologize for, but now it feels a little like he just understands the game. Like a friend said to me, he gives me fuckboy vibes. And you know what? She's right. You've met one of those guys who they do whatever they want and they just apologize later because you're charming, you're good looking, and you know you're going to be believed. You know it's going to work. I shouldn't have done that. I should have known better, but I didn't. And I'm really sorry. It's a big part of maintaining his brand as an empathetic leader. Even though most of us, at this point, we can tell he really doesn't mean it. But it's largely inconsequential. Canadians will still vote him in for a minority government. Can you blame him, really? I don't mean this to be some damning indictment of JT. Do we, do we call him that? Either way, it just seems ridiculous that instead of seeing opportunities to live up to the best version of himself as prime minister, all he does is see ways to feed us sweet words that can make us forget he has the power to actually be effective. What are those three words? I am sorry. Ladies, if you encounter a man with these kind of vibes, you know what to say. Just tell me you hate me and go, bro. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I just can't stop apologizing. Ooh, I'm so this sorry. cover goes hard. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry for saying sorry, sorry. My word flow for this episode is on what it takes to see out a commitment. Like my friend, through sickness and in health, or through a pandemic or a botched attempt at reconciliation. Look, I can't even pretend to be self-righteous here because I often stumble when it comes to finding the courage to stick through a commitment I've made. And this hurts even more when it's something I actually want to do. You know, like when you start a podcast and you tell your friends and your listeners that it'll be weekly, but then you disappear for three months. Yeah. What can you do about not behaving that way? 
from what I'm learning, we are all eager to say yes to things without a deeper reflection on how or the what it would take to make that promise a reality. The how and the what are usually way uglier and harder than we expect. I know they say to trust the process, but let's be honest, sometimes the process sucks. But that's the thing, you have to push through all that suck to get to something beautiful. Or you just keep saying sorry. This has been A Word With Flow. You can follow me on Shipwreck Flow on every single platform. I'm so happy you clicked play today and I'll catch you on the next one.